0: The International Association for Near Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now here's your host, Lee Whitting. What would it take to prove the reality of near-death experience to the science-minded doubters of today? What if there were a book of documented events with compelling, veridical evidence that NDEs are not just the reaction of the dying brain? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today is Robert Mays, an NDE researcher and fellow member of the IANS board. Robert and his wife, Suzanne, have studied NDEs together for over 35 years, although neither has had a near-death experience. They research the phenomenon of NDEs and shared death experiences, called SDEs, and the implications for understanding consciousness and neurological function. In particular, they study the phenomena connected with the out-of-body component of the NDE, especially veridical perceptions during NDEs and SDEs, and apparent interactions between the nde and the physical reality during their NDE. They also study the neurological evidence of the non-material mind during ordinary consciousness and the neurological mechanisms for an interface between the mind and the brain. Robert was our guest on the December 9th, 2013 show, and that show can be found among our past shows at nderadio.org. Robert, welcome back to NDE Radio.
1: Thank you very much, Lee.
0: Uh, I can't believe it's been a year and a half. Time does fly. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Robert, Ions is in, involved in two exciting projects right now, uh, preparations for our Labor Day weekend conference in San Antonio, and also the translation of a Dutch book on veridical evidence of NDEs. So why don't we start with this exciting new book?
1: Right. Uh, there is, uh, uh, in November 2013, um Three authors, uh, Titus Rivas, uh, Annie Durvin, and Rudolf Schmidt, uh, published a book um, uh, in, uh, in the Netherlands, and um, it has uh, 78 cases of veridical perceptions and other verified paranormal aspects of NDEs. And um, when I heard about this uh, shortly after it got published, uh, I asked him I asked Titus the primary author if he if they were going to translate it and he said, well they didn't have any plans to do that and I said, I think it needs to be in english and uh, so I've been working with uh, with the three authors uh, primarily titus and and uh, trying to get a project uh, uh, to translate and publish the book, uh, in English. And, and that's what we're doing. Uh, we have, uh, INS itself, uh, uh, recently allocated about $4,500 to the project. And, uh, an IANS affiliate in the, in the Netherlands, uh, Netwerk NDE, which used to be called Merkava, put up, uh, an, a, a thousand euros to, uh, get the, uh, foreign translation rights from the original publisher and we had uh, several board members donating uh, quite a bit of money and so as of uh, when we launched this uh, appeal for further donations we had raised uh, ninety two hundred dollars we had estimated that we needed about seventeen thousand five hundred so we were about eight thousand dollars short um, still and um, and so, I think it was uh, two weeks ago. Now, today, uh, we uh, launched uh, an appeal, and we received quite a quite a good uh, response. And we're, I think about right now, counting all the donations we've received, about two thousand dollars short of the seventeen thousand five hundred.
0: Well, oh, that's that's really excellent, um, Robert. What do you th- what do you hope to accomplish with? Um... 78 cases of veridical experience. How is that going to change the perception of NDEs?
1: Right. Well, the best evidence for what we feel, uh, Suzanne and I feel, is is really happening in the near-death experience. Is it comes from these cases uh, where there appeared the consciousness, the person's consciousness, appears to have separated from the physical body, uh, and and the best evidence for that is. Where the uh and the ear uh sees something that they couldn't possibly have seen um, in their you know from their physical vantage point, even if they're not clinically dead uh they still see things that they could not have seen usually they're unconscious, they're in an operation um, or they're in a coma, uh but their brain is theoretically working okay, it might be under anesthesia. Uh, they might be in a cardiac arrest, and there are a number of cases like that, but they don 't have to be clinically dead and They will see something at a distance and or something that's uh, physically in the environment, but n- nobody could physically see it because it 's up on a high shelf or something like that mm-hmm. or or they see something you know behind a surgical drape and so on so there 's and, and, and how could they possibly have done that if they if the, the object, or the person, or the activity is is at a distance, and um, and so that that more than the fact that they were on cardiac arrest um, is evidence that their mind has separated from the physical body, and the locus of consciousness is somewhere else. Uh, and so that's that's the importance of this. Uh, and and there are a number of Interesting variations of this, which are even more evidential. Um, one of the cases that, uh, class of cases, and by the way, it's, uh, we had, there were 78 cases in the, in the Dutch version. They're gonna be over 80 cases, uh, they're putting in several additional ones who don't know the final count, but it'll be over 80, uh, cases in the, in the English translation. Mm. But as a class of, of, veridical perception. Veridical, by the way, means it's accurate and it was verified. And so uh, some of the, these cases we call apparitional cases, where uh, the NDE-er has the experience of traveling to see someone, and that person, and, and they know that they have been in the presence of this other person, but that person is at a distance, sometimes hundreds of miles away and that person has the experience of you know waking up from sleep uh, and and seeing this seeing the dying person the and the ear right in front of them and they communicate something hmm. and uh, and the um, and then both parties report that this has happened and it is when it's checked out it happened at the same time well, what this says is that the separation of the mind isn't just a subjective experience of the end to ear, but it's an objective reality that other people see. They see the person, they see the disembodied person, the non material aspect of that person in their presence, and there is a communication. And, and in the uh, Dutch version of the book, they had um, four cases of this, three of them from. Past centuries, actually, 1600s, uh, 1700s, and 1800s, uh, and there was one case uh, in the um, in the 1980s, uh, 1988. It was uh, uh, Olga gerhardt uh, Was uh, case was, and I can I'll, I'll describe that in a bit, but um, and. <clears throat> we have since found another one and possibly another interesting variation of, of that. So there might be a total of six of these cases in the book, but certainly five. And, and the, the new one that we found was um, was a case, and I'll describe this one. Um, there's a, a person that some of us in IANs in know, Lauren Belge, B-E-L-L-G, Uh, She is a critical care physician in Wisconsin, and um, she's about to write a book uh, about her experiences called uh, Near-Death Experience in in the ICU, or Near-Death in the ICU. Mm. And and one of her cases was a case where a woman was dying of cancer, I believe, and uh, she had been estranged from her son. Her son really wanted to visit her before she died and um and she refused because of what the son had done decades before uh in harming the family financially and going to prison for it and mm. uh and uh so she um she didn't want she refused to have him come visit well he was sitting in a bar quite a distance away uh, and, and thinking about his mother and, and crying because he wasn't able to, to go visit her. Uh, and then he sees her walking into the bar, and, and he's saying, well, you know, what is this? She's coming here, and can she even be here? And he gets up to, and he's crying gets up to go to her and then there are people who are uh in the way you know it's a crowded bar and then and then she's gone he looks and she's gone yes well her her experience was that she had a dream quotes dream where she went she was in a bar and there was her son and her son was crying and her son got up to to greet her and she got scared and she woke up <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh, so this was doc, you know, documented and verified by uh, Dr. Belch, and uh, uh, both parties confirmed that the son confirmed, and they, the family members. So the woman told her family that she had this dream and saw her son, and he was in a bar, and he got up, and, and she woke up, and 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 he. So they went to him, and, and he verified that he was in the bar, and he saw her, and was crying, and. And then she disappeared, and so that was that was one of these cases of apparition that was verified. Um, so anyway, those, those are the those are the things, the, the evidential things that uh, are really important in this book. And then there are lots of other classes of cases of paranormal, uh, like miraculous healings and. Uh, the onset of psychic abilities, um, and there's other forms of uh, communication, of receiving information from veridical information from uh, a, a person that you meet in the deceased person that you meet in your near-death experience, and so on. So there's a number of cases, and um, it's it's really a very powerful book in terms of evidence. You you know. The, the skeptics can can uh, go and and say, well, Pam Reynolds' case, you know, we can say that she was, you know, she wasn't really under anesthesia at the time, and she heard things and she saw things and she just imagined having heard the sound of this drill and so on, and make those arguments. But you can't, you know, that, those are very uh, specific arguments for that particular case. It doesn't apply in other cases. And, and there are some that are even evidentially much more, much more, much stronger than than Pam Reynolds or Maria Shu is another one that's a vertical case that is uh, disputed and so on.
0: And cited all the time. But well, why do you why why do you suppose it's come down to Maria and Pam Reynolds in most of these discussions when there's been so many cases of uh, uh, well, as uh, just like the story you just described i 've met many people who've had that uh, experience of uh, not even uh, through near death but just going to sleep and suddenly yeah. they're in another state
1: right.
0: visiting with someone who can see them <laughs> right. and uh, my, in fact, this happened to my brother when he was in college so it's uh it's not that unusual an experience. Why is it that there have been so few i mean why hasn't a book like this been written already
1: i don't know it one of the difficulties is. Well, first of all, the criteria that they have, uh, the authors have, for uh, including a case is that it is verified by an independent investigator. In other words, third-party verification. You're right. There are hundreds of these cases. But for the most part, it is, oh, you know, I checked with uh, so-and-so. Yeah, he did see me. Or uh you know i saw this event and yes uh, my wife said that that's exactly what happened in the waiting room uh but there was no third party verification of in uh, you know interviewing the wife and interviewing the end ear and 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 sort of so on and so there there uh it's it's less uh, it's interesting though that more of these cases are coming about there's um there's a doctor um in oklahoma uh, who has a very familiar name of people who are familiar with, uh, uh NDE, well, these cases, uh, his name is Lloyd A. Rudy, Dr. Lloyd Rudy. Well, that Dr. R- Lloyd Rudy is different from the Lloyd Rudy that, that saw, that had a very, uh, distinct vertical case. In other words, there's two Dr. Lloyd Rudys, but yes. this is weird, but anyway, this second Lloyd Rudy Wrote a book called Good Clean Dark. It's a, it's a, uh, a book of, uh, NDEs, uh, among African Americans. And it's just wonderful. And in it, there's one of these vertical cases and there's one of these apparitional cases. Well, what we have to check out to be an, but it appears to be a, a very interesting variation of an apparitional case. And um, and they're just astounding, and there are a whole bunch of uh, other NDE stories. It's just amazing. So uh, these cases are coming out, and this was checked by um, you know by uh, the second Lloyd Rudy. So we we're hoping that we can include his cases in in the book as well. We have to go through the process of checking them out. Yes. In any case, there's, why, why is it that there are these cases there? Well, first of all, they're not, uh, they're not been, they've not been independently verified. And, uh, and that was one of the things that, uh, Susan Blackmore brought out. She had a wonderful case of, uh, of a, um, vertical perception, uh, that she put at the end of her book, Dying to Live, a very skeptical book about near-death experiences. And she says, this is a great case, but, there's no verification. There's mm-hmm. no verification that that this major, you know, in World War II, you know, uh, had this accident and saw this and saw that and he went and he verified that the serial number on the jeep that he saw was exactly that, and that the guy that was resuscitating was bald, but you couldn't see it, uh, you know, except from the top and so on. And, and she said, oh, "That's great, but it's not been verified. Therefore, forget it." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the skeptics tend to say, okay, well, so and so looked at these cases, quote cases, and they found them just hallucinations, and then they dismiss them, and that's basically the stat, the the way uh, the skeptical um, people and physicians in general they they take what another person's analysis has been, which was flawed generally, and or questionable, and, yes. uh, and, and then they say, well, all of these cases, uh, we don't need to look at them, because they've been shown to be hallucinations. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't
0: I, uh, along those same lines, I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention last month's Atlantic article, in which uh, uh, that attitude came through. Of course, the Maria and the Pam Reynolds story were mentioned, and you were also quoted in that article. Uh, what did you think
1: about it? I thought that was a very balanced article. Uh and and I I don't at all um uh fault anyone who is still skeptical in the pure sense, that is to say, I don't really quite believe this yet, uh so I'm skeptical, but not being dogmatically skeptical. And um Gideon Litchfield, the author there, I I think is really Uh, quite open to you know looking at the evidence and he was open to our proposal that this could be tested that is to say um the fact that the non-material mind could influence uh the brain and influence neurons and um so uh, i thought it was a very fair article and uh and actually, I hope that there is some skepticism and and, and balance in reporting near-death experience uh, research because you know you don't want to uh, become over sensationalized and, and 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 really overstate the case. Because, but but I think we have a really good case now, particularly yes. with these cases. In this book, and uh, and that's one of the things about a lot of the, uh, the issues with the um, near de- with the um, these cases, they were isolated. They were um, uh, they were quote anecdotes because they really were they are isolated stories. But they were isolated. Nobody put them together. Nobody correlated them. And and saying, well, hey, wait a minute, it isn't just this story over here. But there's this, you know, there's a, a number of these cases here. So it isn't an anecdote. It is a a kind of phenomenon, a kind of variation or interesting aspect of the near-death experience that can sometimes happen. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes happens, and and provides uh, evidence because and it's it's credible evidence because it, it's repeated several in across several cases across centuries.
0: Mm. Has there been any um, effort to differentiate between the NDE and the OBE in terms of of veridical evidence that uh, can occur from either one? In other words, the the body doesn't have to be damaged necessarily for someone to to, uh, leave the body and go somewhere else and see something that can't otherwise be explained.
1: Right, and this is uh, an area that still needs work. Uh, because there isn't, you know, people who, who intentionally induce an out-of-body experience, I mean, there are spontaneous cases of near death, of out-of-body experiences which rise to the level in terms of measuring uh, on the uh, Grayson scale, NDE, Grayson NDE scale, they are NDEs. Even though the person was just asleep, even though the person was just meditating, Uh, and so near-death experience, near-death needs to be put in quotes or at least taken with a grain of salt because you don't have to be near-death to have what amounts to a near-death experience. But there's a difference between, you know, non-intentional and intentional OBEs and the, the work to verify, uh, intentional OBEs that is, uh, in self-induced OBEs, uh, has, has it needs more work, and uh, and I'm not aware of cases of really clear cases of vertical perception, and I think that that has to do in in the theory that Suzanne and I have, is that there has to it has to do with the degree of separation of the of the mind from the physical body, in other words, when there's a shock or when there really is a, a, whatever it takes. <laughs> To, to, for the mind really to separate, like you're uh, in depression or you're med- meditating, but you're ready, in quote, some for some reason, in some way, mm-hmm. then your mind really does separate, and, and then the perceptions are really clear. Whereas uh, self-induced OBEs may not be veridical, and even spontaneous uh, it, OBEs may not be veridical, uh, Susan Blackmore to bring her case again, uh, her up again. Uh, she had a very interesting out-of-body experience, but and and it was really interesting. But she she there are aspects of that experience that that say to me that she wasn't really separated fully from her physical body, and her perceptions were all wrong. They were all not veridical, um, mm. and uh, so in in that probably set her on the way towards skepticism about this.
0: uh, There's certainly been a a lot of stories about various spy agencies of various countries investigating uh, the possibility of, you know, spying on one another through uh, out-of-body experiences.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, remote viewing. And that's different. Remote viewing is a kind of clairvoyance. It's actually, it is clairvoyance. But it is not, I mean, people who do remote viewing now there's probably variations among different remote viewers, but people who do remote viewing generally say that they do not leave their body. They just see something. Their mind moves somewhere, you know, beyond space and and frequently also beyond time, you know, going back in time or going forward in time. And they're in a a different place, but they're not separated from their physical body. So that's... I tend to look at those as as a different kind of phenomenon.
0: Mm. Do you think... Uh, once it's proven that, uh, vertical evidence can be obtained, that the skeptic's next position will be, well, you didn't really have an out-of-body experience. What you had was, uh, uh, what what these guys have been doing, you know, for the government.
1: Oh, yeah, remote viewing. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, that's interesting too. Uh, it's just that that's not the uh, experience. Uh, the remote viewer has a totally different experience from the description of what they experience versus what NDEers experience. NDEers really feel that they're out of their body and they look back at their body and they're, you know, they see it and they're not interested in it. And, you know, so they, first of all, they, many of them see their own body and they see it being resuscitated or see it, you know, whatever, in whatever physical condition it's in. And then they're gone and uh and they they can sometimes look back at their body you know while they're on their in the tunnel or something like that but but that's you know their experience is it's separated and uh so why are we saying okay well it's just remote viewing well uh when that's not the phenomenon
0: right now the uh, author of the atlantic article got almost all his material from being at our, our last year's conference in Newport Beach and uh uh, we've got another another one of these meetings coming up in San Antonio. Maybe we could take the last couple of minutes to talk about that.
1: Yeah, that's um, yeah. Well, there's uh, the conference is going to be um, have two sessions. That's one of the things that's new about our this conference. And the first session is going to be uh, devoted to healthcare, education, research, and science. So it's it's some of the uh, you know, more interesting aspects of the, you know, people who are, are working in healthcare, working with people who have NDEs, people who are trying to educate, uh, the military or, uh, doctors about NDEs. Those are the first two parts. And then, of course, the research, uh, and I will be giving a, uh, Suzanne and I will be giving a talk on, on veridical perceptions and the importance of, of this work and this book in that session. And, and science in general is how does, how does NDEs a, a, apply to consciousness, our understanding of consciousness, our understanding of the true nature of reality. And so that's the, that's just the first day. And then, and, uh, we have Bruce Grayson is going to be the keynote speaker for that day and the next day. And, um... and then we have, uh, Evan Alexander as a keynote speaker, Anita Morjani, and, um and also, so those are the uh, the three keynote speakers, and then a very special uh, presenta- plenary presentation by Suzanne Giesman, who is a medium, and mediumship is one of the after effects that we 're finding out now researchers are finding out uh, after effects of the near death experience and so mediumship needs to be studied, and she 's a, a top notch medium and um, and also a, a special presentation by, actually two presentations by, uh, PMH Atwater. Uh, and those are all in the general session. And so, uh, it's going to be a really, uh, great conference. And, and you can go just to the, what we call HERS Day, the Health, Ed, Healthcare Education Research Science HERS Day. <laughs> Thursday. Which is Thursday. And, uh, or the general session, which is Friday, Saturday, and, and half up till noon or lunchtime, uh, 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 Sunday. And, and then in the late afternoons, uh, including on Sunday, all of Sunday afternoon, there are workshops. Uh, really great workshops. And this is all on our website. And you can go to it, and I, I'll give you the shortcut to it. It's dot
0: N-D-E-con-
1: N-D-E-conference.com. ndeconference.com. All one word, all, yeah, you know, lowercase, whatever. ndeconference.com. And that that gives you goes to the website of the conference, and then from there you can register if you're interested. And uh, there's an early birth and uh, member discount, so it's really uh, uh, and you could you know it, it's less right now if you sign up now. And um, the and uh, you can come to either either Thursday or the the or the um, general session or all of it, or you can come to individual mornings. Um, so there's a lot of options, uh, you know, that, that people can choose from.
0: Great, Robert. If, if uh, someone uh, listening would like to get in touch with you, how might they do that? Do you have an email address for them?
1: Oh yeah, uh, my email address is mays m a y s at IEEE.org. That's i e e e dot org.
0: Very good. Well, Robert, I'm afraid we're out of time for today. I want to thank you so much for for being on and talking about this really exciting book. I can't wait to to get a copy of it in English. Uh, my Dutch is very weak, to tell you the truth. <laughs> my thanks to Robert Mays for today's edition of Ian's NDE Radio. For more information about Ian's, our services, news about near death experience, and of course uh, news about the conference, please go to our website at IANDS.org, and join us next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. Thanks for listening.